Section 8 of Vulzunga Saga. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Vulzunga Saga by Anonymous. Translated by Erika Magnusson and William Morris. Section 8. Chapter 28. On a day as the queens went to the river to bathe them, Brynhild waded the farthest out into the river. Then asked Guthrun, what that deed might signify. Brunhild said, Yea, and why then should I be equal to thee in this matter, more than in others? I am minded to think that my father is mightier than thine, and my true love has wrought many wondrous works of fame, and hath ridden the flaming fire withal, while thy husband was but the thrall of King Hjalprak. Gudrun answered, full of wrath, Thou wouldst be wise if thou shouldst hold thy peace, rather than revile my husband. Lo now, the talk of all men it is that none has ever abode in this world like unto him, in all matters soever, and little it beseems thee of all folk to mock him who is thy first beloved. And Fafnir he slew, yea, and he rode thy flaming fire, whereas thou didst deem that he was Gunnar the king. And by thy side he lay, and took from thine hand the ring Anvari's loom, here mayst thou well behold it. Then Brynhild saw the ring and knew it, and waxed as wan as a dead woman. And she went home, and spake no word the evening long. So when Sigurd came to bed to Gudrun, she asked him why Gudrun's joy was so departed. He answered, I know not, but sore I misdoubt me that soon we shall know thereof over well. Gudrun said, Why may she not love her life, having wealth and bliss, and the praise of all men, and the man with all that she would have? Ah, yea, said Sigurd, and where in all the world was she then, when she said that she deemed she had the noblest of all men, and the dearest to her heart of all? Gudrun answers, To morn will I ask her concerning this. Who is the liefest to her of all men for a husband? Sigurd said, Needs must I forbid thee this, and full surely wilt thou rue the deed, if thou doest it. Now the next morning they sat in the bower, and Brunhild was silent. Then spake Gudrun, Be merry, Brunhild, grievest thou because of that speech of ours together? Or what other thing slayeth thy bliss? Brunhild answers, with naught but evil intent thou sayest this, for a cruel heart thou hast. Say not so, said Gudrun, but rather tell me all the tale. Brynhild answers, Ask such things only as are good for thee to know, matters meet for mighty dames. Good to love good things, when all goes according to thy heart's desire. Gudrun says, Early days for me to glory in that, but this word of thine looketh toward some foreseeing. What ill dost thou thrust at us? I did not to grieve thee. Brynhild answers, For this shalt thou pay, in that thou hast got Sigurd to thee. Nowise can I see thee living in the bliss thereof, whereas thou hast him, and the wealth and the might of him. But Guthrun answered, Not knew I of your words and vows together, and well might my father look to the meeting of me without dealing with thee first. No secret speech had we, quoth Brynhild. 
though we swore oath together, and full well didst thou know that thou wentest about to beguile me. Verily, thou shalt have thy reward, says Gudrun. Thou art mated better than thou art worthy of, but thy pride and rage shall be hard to slake belike, and therefore shall many a man pay. Ah, I should be well content, said Brynhild, if thou hadst not the nobler man. Gudrun answers, So noble a husband hast thou, that who knows of a greater king or a lord of more wealth and might? Says Brynhild, Sigurd slew Fafnir, and that only deed is of more worth than all the might of King Gunnar. Even as the song says, The worm Sigurd slew, nor e'er shall that deed be worsened by age while the world is alive. But thy brother, the king, never durst, never bore the flame to ride down, through the fire to fare. Guthrun answers, Grani would not abide the fire under Gunnar the king. But Sigurd durst the deed, and thy heart may well abide without mocking him. Brynhild answers, Nowise will I hide from thee, that I deem no good of Grimhild. Says Gudrun, Nay, lay no ill words on her, for in all things she is to thee as to her own daughter. Ah, says Brynhild, she is the beginning of all this bale that biteth so, and evil drink she bare to Sigurd, so that he had no more memory of my very name. All wrong thou talkest, a lie without measure is this, quoth Gudrun. Brynhild answered, Have thou joy of Sigurd, according to the measure of the wiles wherewith ye have beguiled me. Unworthily have ye conspired against me. May all things go with you as my heart hopes. Gudrun says, More joy shall I have of him than thy wish would give unto me. But to no man's mind it came that he had aforetime his pleasure of me. Nay, not once. Evil speech thou speakest, says Brunhild. When thy wrath runs off, thou wilt rue it. But come now, let us no more cast angry words one at the other, says Gudrun. Thou wert the first to cast such words at me, and now thou makest as if thou wouldst amend it. But a cruel and hard heart abides behind. Let us lay aside vain babble, says Brynhild. Long did I hold my peace concerning my sorrow of heart. And lo now, thy brother alone do I love. Let us fall to other talk. Gudrun said, Far beyond all this doth thine heart lock. And so ugly ill befell from that going to the river, and that knowing of the ring, wherefrom did all their talk arise. Chapter 29 After this talk Brynhild lay abed, and tidings were brought to King Gunnar, that Brynhild was sick. He goes to see her thereon, and asks what ails her. But she answered him naught, but lay there as one dead. And when he was hard on her for an answer, she said, What didst thou with that ring that I gave thee? Even the one which King Budli gave me at our last parting, when thou and King Gyuki came to him, and threatened fire and the sword, unless ye had me to wife. Yea, at that time he led me apart, and asked me which I had chosen of those who were come. But I prayed him 
that I might abide toward the land and be chief over the third part of his men. Then were there two choices for me to deal betwixt, either that I should be wedded to him whom he would, or lose all my weal and friendship at his hands. And he said withal that his friendship would be better to me than his wrath. Then I bethought me whether I should yield to his will or slay many a man, and therewithal I deemed that it would avail little to strive with him. And so it fell out that I promised to wed whomsoever should ride the horse Grani with Fafnir's hoard and ride through my flaming fire and slay those men whom I called on him to slay. And now so it was that none durst ride save Sigurd only, because he lacked no heart thereto. Yea, and the worm he slew, and Regan, and five kings beside, but thou, Gunnar, durst do naught, as pale as a dead man didst thou wax, and no king thou art, and no champion. So whereas I made a vow unto my father that him alone would I love who is the noblest man alive, and that this is none save Sigurd, lo, now I have broken my vow and brought it to naught, since he is none of mine. And for this cause shall I compass thy death. And a great reward of evil things have I wherewith to reward Grimhild. Never, I wot, has woman lived eviler or of lesser heart than she. Gunnar answered in such wise that few might hear him. Many a vile word hast thou spoken, and an evil-hearted woman art thou, whereas thou revilest a woman far better than thou. Never would she curse her life as thou dost. Nay, nor has she tormented dead folk, or murdered any, but lives her life well praised of all. Brynhild answered, Never have I dwelt with evil things privily, or done loathsome deeds, yet most fain I am to slay thee. And therewith would she slay King Gunnar. But Hogni laid her in fetters. But then Gunnar spake withal, Nay, I will not that she abide in fetters. Then said she, Heed it not, for never again seest thou me glad in thine hall, never drinking, never at the chess-play, never speaking the words of kindness, never overlaying the fair cloths with gold, never giving thee good counsel. Ah, my sorrow of heart that I might not get Sigurd to me! Then she sat up, and smote her needlework, and rent it asunder, and bade set open her bower doors, that far away might the wailings of her sorrow be heard. Then great mourning and lamentation there was, so that folk heard it far and wide through that abode. Now Guthrun asked her bower maidens why they sat so joyless and downcast. What has come to you? that ye fear ye as witless women, or what unheard-of wonders have befallen you? Then answered a waiting lady, Heitzfafferlöth, An untimely, an evil day it is, and our hall is fulfilled of lamentation. Then spake Gudrun to one of her handmaids, Arise, for we have slept long. Go, wake Brynhild, and let us fall to our needlework and be merry. Nay, nay, she says, no wise may I wake her, or talk with her. 
For many days she has drunk neither mead nor wine. Surely the wrath of the gods has fallen upon her. Then spake Gudrun to Gunnar. Go and see her, she says, and bid her know that I am grieved with her grief. Nay, says Gunnar, I am forbid to go see her, or to share her wheel. Nevertheless he went unto her, and strives in many wise to have speech of her, but gets no answer whatsoever. Therefore he gets him gone, and finds Hergni, and bids him go see her. He said he was loath thereto, but went, and get no more of her. Then they go and find Sigurd, and pray him to visit her. He answered naught thereto. So matters abode for that night. But the next day, when he came home from hunting, Sigurd went to Gudrun, and spake. In such wise do matters show to me, as though great and evil things will betide from this trouble and upheaving, and that Brunhild will surely die. Gudrun answers, O my lord, by great wonders is she encompassed. Seven days and seven nights has she slept, and none has dared wake her. Nay, she sleeps not, said Sigurd. Her heart is dealing rather with dreadful intent against me. Then said Gudrun, weeping, Woe worth a while for thy death! Go and see her, and what if her fury may not be abated? Give her gold, and smother up her grief and anger therewith. Then Sigurd went out and found the door of Brynhild's chamber open. He deemed she slept, and drew the clothes from off her, and said, Awake, Brynhild! The sun shineth now over all the house, and thou hast slept enough. Cast off grief from thee, and take up gladness. She said, And how then hast thou dared to come to me? In this treason none was worse to me than thou. Said Sigurd, Why wilt thou not speak to folk? For what cause sorrowest thou? Brynhild answers, Ah, to thee will I tell of my wrath. Sigurd said, As one under a spell art thou, if thou deemest that there is aught cruel in my heart against thee? But thou hast him for husband whom thou didst choose. Ah, nay, she said, Never did Gunnar ride through the fire to me, Nor did he give me to dower the host of the slain. I wondered at the man who came into my hall, for I deemed indeed that I knew thine eyes, but I might not see clearly, or divide the good from the evil, because of the veil that lay heavy on my fortune. Says Sigurd, No nobler men are there than the sons of Giuki. They slew the king of the Danes, and that great chief, the brother of King Budli. Brynhild answered, Surely, for many an ill deed must I reward them. Mind me not of my griefs against them. But thou, Sigurd, slewest the worm, and rodest the fire through, yea, and for my sake, and not one of the sons of King Giuki. Sigurd answers, I am not thy husband, and thou art not my wife, yet did a far-famed king pay dower to thee. Says Brynhild, Never looked I at Gunnar in such a wise that my heart smiled on him and hard and fell am I to him, though I hide it from others. A marvellous thing, 
says Sigurd, not to love such a king. What angers thee most? For surely his love should be better to thee than gold. This is the sorest sorrow to me, she said, that the bitter sword is not reddened in thy blood. Have no fear thereof, says he. No long while to wait, or the bitter swords stand deep in my heart. And no worse needest thou to pray for thyself, for thou wilt not live when I am dead. The days of our two lives shall be few enough from henceforth. Brynhild answers, Enough and to spare of Baal is in thy speech, since thou bereayest me, and didst twin me of all bliss. Not do I heed my life or death. Sigurd answers, Ah, live and love King Gunnar, and me withal, and all my wealth will I give thee, if thou die not. Brynhild answers, Thou knowest me not, nor the heart that is in me, for thou art the first and best of all men, and I am become the most loathsome of all women to thee. This is truer, says Sigurd, that I love thee better than myself, though I fell into the wiles from whence our lives may not escape. For when so my own heart and mind availed me, then I sorrowed sore that thou wert not my wife. But, as I might, I put my trouble from me, for in a king's dwelling was I, and withal, and in spite of all, I was well content that we were all together. Well may it be that that shall come to pass which is foretold. Neither shall I fear the fulfillment thereof. Brunhild answered and said, Too late thou tellest me that my grief grieved thee. Little pity shall I find now. Sigurd said, This my heart would, that thou and I should go into one bed together, even so wouldst thou be my wife. Said Brynhild, Such words may no wise be spoken, nor will I have two kings in one hall. I will lay my life down, rather than beguile Gunnar the king. And therewith she called to mind how they met, they two, on the mountain, and swore oath each to each. But now all is changed, and I will not live. I might not call to mind thy name, said Sigurd, or know thee again before the time of thy wedding. The greatest of all griefs is that. Then said Brynhild, I swore an oath to wed the man who should ride my flaming fire, and that oath will I hold to or die. Rather than thou die, I will wed thee, and put away Gudrun, said Sigurd. But therewithal so swelled the heart betwixt the sides of him, that the rings of his burney burst asunder. I will not have thee, says Brynhild, nay, nor any other. Then Sigurd got him gone. So saith the song of Sigurd. Out then went Sigurd, the great king's well-loved, from the speech and the sorrow, sore drooping, so grieving that the shirt round about him of iron rings woven from the sides break asunder of the brave in the battle. So when Sigurd came into the hall, Gunnar asked if he had come to a knowledge of what great grief lay heavy on her, or if she had power of speech. And Sigurd said, 
that she lacked it not. So now Gunnar goes to her again, and asked her what wrought her woe, or if there were anything that might amend it. I will not live, says Brunhild, for Sigurd has bereaved me, yea, and thee no less, whereas thou didst suffer him to come into my bed. Lo thou, two men in one dwelling I will not have, and this shall be Sigurd's death, or thy death, or my death. For now he has told Gudrun all, and she is mocking me even now! End of section 8